one of my new frontiers is realizing how much fear has dictated my following God and my personal growth. I have let the wacky and the fear of me being labeled as wacky dictate kind of what I think, what I believe, what I do and don't do. In some degree, it's been less about following God and more about managing kind of my image. And Jesus came to me and in just this wonderful few days and kind of had this conversation with me. If if there's a continuum of wacky and one is wacky and one extreme and ten is wacky on the other, just showed me how my posture's been. Well, I want to be balanced, so I'm going to be a five. And I found the theology and the comfort level of Scripture to support being a five, a balanced Christian. And Jesus came and said, you know, Craig, I'm not asking you to be wacky. I am asking you to follow me. And you need to know I'm not at the five. (laughs) (laughs) I'm at an 8.5. I am closer to that To what you think. Yes, to what I've labeled as a 10 and wacky. Jesus is saying where you think I am and where I am are two different things. And it's like, ah, ah, I've got to move on this continuum from balanced theological perspective over to here. And I'm just going, this is going to be all new. This is all going to be new. It's scary and out of my control. But the question is, am I going to follow? Am I going to follow? And I'm intent on following him and scared to death in the process. Mm -hmm. Welcome back to the Ransomed Heart Podcast. You're recognizing Craig McConnell's voice telling that story here with John Eldridge. And we welcome you back to a series we're doing on new frontiers. And we've been talking about how there's external new frontiers and there's internal new frontiers and our reaction to that, what God's up to, why he does this with us and wanting us to grow, mature, deepen. You know, he's after us. He's after us growing up. And that's all good and beautiful. But man, we usually don't perceive it as that, you know, and that love your story. In fact, I was watching you (laughs) squirm. We were out to dinner with some people and they would probably be down at the 8.5 or 9 on Craig's uh, Richter scale. (laughs) And just watching Craig squirm because I saw God in it. It's like God God is in this. He is. Here's what I'd love to talk about this week. Discerning between good new frontiers and bad ones. Mm. Because we need to be honest real quick and say, look – you know, there's frontiers that you create because you made bad decisions, right? I've done it, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's frontiers that other people create because they made bad decisions. Mm -hmm. So we're not saying that every, quote, new frontier is from God. Right. We want to grow in our ability to discern which is which. And probably the beginning place is not kind of fortressing ourselves against all new frontiers. You yes. know, I think that's what we're trying to say is, no, no, no. 
God has ordained life. It's full of change. It's full of change. It's almost constant in its change. And he's in that. It's good. But at the same time, you know, let's just be honest about, hey, whoa, you know, not every frontier is good. And how can you discern? Because I don't know that our internal reaction is necessarily, you know, it's human nature to fight it. Yeah, It's human nature to freak out. It's, you know, human nature to perceive change fearfully. It's human nature to perceive new things unless they're obviously great. Hey, new car, you know, hey, new vacation. We're not talking about that. You know, we're talking about the disruptive changes in our realm and we often experience it with fear or with a sense of loss. Mm -hmm. So your internal reaction, your emotions may not help you discern whether this is a good new frontier or this is a bad one. One of the simplest questions that I ask God, it's in my top five. I was going to say maybe more than any other, but it's certainly up in the top handful of questions that I find myself asking him often is, are you in this? Hmm. Are you in this? And Mm -hmm. let me just give you a really simple example of I've been enchanted with African safaris since I was a boy. And I read some of the stories of the older, you know, Teddy Roosevelt's African safaris and some of the Selu and some of the other people who are kind of the greats of the safari realm back in the 19th and 20th century. And and I would, you know, would love to go do that. And we actually had an opportunity a little bit when we did the boot camp in South Africa a couple of years ago. Morgan and I actually did go bow hunting for a couple of days. But it was a quick little rush into the experience and it wasn't the full thing. And Jesus made it very clear to me after that. We came back and uh, he said, I want you to take that off your wish list. Hmm. Hmm. And I'm like, really? Wait a second. You know, and. He didn't need to give me a lot of explanation. I trust him enough to know that. But for me, that's just not something I'm supposed to be planning on right now. It's not Mm -hmm. supposed to be dream. And so it's helpful for me to pause and ask God, are you in this? Mm -hmm. Are you in this? As one means of just discerning, hey, an opportunity is opening up or I want to open up an opportunity or – you know, a new frontier is presenting itself. Are you in this, God? Mm-hmm. Is a really important question. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine was about to take a trip a couple weeks ago, and he was very sick. And I had some doubts about this trip that he was going to take, but it was kind of ministry-oriented and, you know, had some of those purposes to it. And so it kind of felt like a default yes. And we were chatting on the phone, and I asked him, did you ask Jesus about this? Absolute silence on the other end of the line. Embarrassed silence. He's like, I just figured that because it was good and ministry-oriented and kind of fit my sweet spot that it was just kind of an automatic yes. No, I didn't even think to ask. I'm like, you better ask because if he's not in it, it's going to be hell. Yeah. You're sick. You're not even ready to go on this. What are you thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Another category that's kind of an extension of what you're saying uh, in terms of just asking God would be the community of people who know you, that are engaged in your life and your story, their feedback, their input. 
either validation or affirmation or their caution or their editing is just huge, you know, as you present a new frontier or your interpretation or understanding of this new frontier. I see things for others and in their lives easier than I can see things in my own life. And so that's a huge one is what do those who know my story mean? think. Really good. Really good. And I would say in both directions, both for a new frontier that you want to say yes to, or you're trying to create or has presented itself and you're about to leap on, but also ones you're fighting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's helpful to have the eyes of those who know you and other eyes on the story in both directions, because your immediate reaction might be, oh, God would never ask us to move, you know, and uh-huh. you get a little listening prayer around that and get some feedback and you find out, oh, actually, God is very much in this move. He's very much in this new frontier. And if you'd have trusted your own biases, you'd have missed it. Yeah. in both what you've shared and what I shared presumes, and just to say it, that our God wants to speak to the questions we have when it comes to new frontiers that often involve so much change, reorientation, the thought that God would be silent would be a concern to me. He wants to speak. He wants to validate. He wants us to know and have a confidence that he's in these things. It's so important. And since we're talking about maturing, since one of the core assumptions we're making is that the Scripture <laughs> holds an assumption about life that human beings don't hold. And the assumption is that God is maturing us. God's growing us up. He wants us to grow up. And we tend to want to stay where we are if it's comfy or just out of fear. Because we're making an assumption about maturity – Let me name two things that I see presenting themselves problems of discernment for good-hearted people. But this will really stretch my faith. Mm -hmm. I've heard that used by really good people. I mean, these are obviously people who are committed to Christ and, you know, they accept an offer or an opportunity or they accept a position in their church or something, you know, because it's really going to test them. And kind of see how maturity is really needed here is maybe, maybe, but you still need to ask God Yes, if he's in this. Are you in this? Because just because it's going to test you doesn't mean that that's actually a good thing. And I've seen a lot of of people head off on mission trips and ministry enterprises and even – even marriages, mm-hmm. even marrying people mm-hmm. that there were some questions about, go, well, I'm going to really grow and, you know, it's going to be rough, but you can hear how maturity is needed in that, you know, but this is going to do so much good for so many people. Yeah. You often, John, refer to the second question. First question being, Lord, would you have us do this? And the second question being, when? Yes. <laughs> So, I mean, yes, I have this epic adventure and frontier, which you play a huge part in rescuing the lives of many and having a 
a huge impact. But you need five more years of where you are of training mm, and preparation. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So this would just be in the category of good things with good people, yes. but still needing to discern God's timing, Lord. And let me speak now to the other side. Quick little anecdote. So Stace and I are about to go visit another ministry, another part of the country, and we've heard good things about these folks. And who it is and what it's about isn't the point. The point is we want to be stretched. We want to grow. And We've kind of been hesitant about that. And you can kind of get comfy in your theology and you can get comfy in your way of doing things. And it's almost like you want to say, if you've been at the same church for 20 years, you probably ought to change churches. Like, are you kidding me? What are you thinking? Like, <laughs> you know, if you're in the same small group that you've been in for 20 years, you probably ought to change that. You know, there's the comfiness that can come to our theology, our way of praying, our way of worshiping, you know, comfort with certain kinds of people, other Christians, and be open to God stretching you in those areas. And here in this realm, we're not talking about because it'll cost you to move to another country. Or We're just talking about simple things, mm -hmm. you know, an openness to, wow, Jesus, I think you're trying to address something in me. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what I'm trying to name. How do I discern if God's in this? Jesus, are you trying to address something in me? Are you trying to address something in my life that I've just grown real comfy with or mm -hmm. something I'm afraid of, that sort of thing? That's good. One that just comes to mind and personally has some roots is don't be surprised if God is calling and affirming and confirming through others that you have a new frontier. It's pretty glorious, pretty epic. Yes. That's mythic in nature. What God is up to in the world today is going to require unusual people of faith, unusual people uh, taking risks and exercising their giftedness. And so don't be shy or hesitant by the nature of uh, God calling you to some new frontier that just seems like it would be for someone else and not you. Mm. That's so good, Craig, because I don't mean to imply that new frontiers are taxing and testing and mm -hmm. only about, you know, our growth. It might be something phenomenal yeah. that God's inviting you into. Yeah. New Frontiers can be gloriously positive, fabulously positive. And I'm struck by some of the ministries and things going on that are absolute changing the world. And by the people God chose to lead them, they just seem so ordinary and normal. Mm -hmm. But they've said yes to God and God has given them the gifts and everything they need to do mm. it. And it's just remarkable. Mm. So back to Jesus' question that is kind of framing this series, will you come with me? Hmm. Will you come with me hmm. into situations that might feel counterintuitive? I was thinking about the story of the raising of Lazarus from the dead. And when Christ tells the disciples they're going to go down to raise Lazarus from the dead, one of the disciples reminds Jesus, you recall that they tried to stone us huh. when we went there last time? 
Like, if we go back there, we're going to get killed. So sometimes it looks counterintuitive. Yep. Sometimes it looks glorious, and you're almost afraid of the glory of yeah. it. And will you come with me? It's the kind of the thematic question of God taking us into new frontiers. And such a simple question. Will you come with me? One of the most gracious things that I've seen God do over the years is that when he's getting ready to do this, he will often sour your Mm. current thing. And that's hard because your current thing may have been lovely for years. You know, wonderful home and neighborhood. And you and Lori know that story, Mm -hmm. you know, and God's going to ask you to leave that. Or I've seen him do this graciously, graciously every time one of our sons was getting ready to leave home as a young adult. God kind of sours things so that it's easier for them to go. He does it on their behalf so that it's easier for them to go and let go of home. And he does it for mom and dad's behalf as well to say, yep, it's time to move on. And, you know, you may have just had an incredibly sweet church situation, but it begins to sour. And God may, I'm not saying, obviously the enemy sometimes sours things, but God may be in the souring just to get you ready to let go. Yeah. You know, put you in a position where your hands are a little more loose on the reins and and you're a little bit more open to what he has for you. Yeah. Let me give one more example. Because of my background training as a counselor, I've got a number of friends who are counselors, move and operate in that world. And the new frontier for a number of my friends is actually learning some of the other ways that God heals souls like healing prayer and ministries that have other unique kind of deliverance aspects to them or listening prayer aspects and ministry of the Holy Spirit. And they kind of need to get out of their little comfortable counseling thing and go in that direction. And ironically, because I'm open to that other stuff, I have a number of friends in that realm. Mm -hmm. And They're pretty enchanted with the gifts of the Holy Spirit and healing encounters with God. But actually what they need is they need to come over more in the direction of counseling and understanding that some healing actually takes time. And people have to go through months and even years of process to come to healing. And so that's an example of new frontiers that God might be inviting you into is, you know, just out of the things you're very comfortable with. He wants you to become a more whole person. He wants a kind of a 360 view of the world and not Mm. a 180 view, you know, Mm -hmm. that you're comfortable little view with. And Craig, as you were saying earlier, new frontiers will present themselves in relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll present themselves at work. And it doesn't have to be, oh, you're talking about a new job. Oh, no, not at all. It may have nothing to do with moving. It may have nothing to do with a change in career. God may have a new frontier for you right where you are, you know. Yeah, like my new frontier is is loving Alan. (laughs) I'm sitting over in the corner of the room laughing right now. Our producer. Yeah, that's pretty funny. (laughs) I'm kidding. I love you, Alan. Yeah, John, one of the thoughts right now that I have is simply – your opening words on this series 
we're talking about new frontiers that God invites us into, in that the spirit of this isn't striving to determine or to plan out new frontiers. It's not working hard, kind of introspective, just what is the frontier? The frontiers that God has for you or is preparing you for or that the door is right in front of you, God's going to invite you into, speak to. It's not going to be a question of commitment. It's not going to be a question of faith. It's simply an invitation to follow him and to come to him and to grow in and with him. And if you feel stuck, it might be because you said no Mm -hmm. to the last invitation that he extended to you (laughs) in that relationship or in that ministry or at work. So that's a good thing to ask him, Jesus, where are you leading? Where are you asking me to come with you? And earlier in the series, I recommended a couple of worship songs to just sort of sit with and let God use them and speak to you. One was the song entitled Oceans, Where Feet May Fail by Hillsong United. And the other was It Is Well by Christine DeMarco and Bethel Music. And just to kind of be in a posture of, okay, God, I'm open, I'm open. What do you say? Where are we going? Is it something internal? Is Mm. it something external? Lord, I'm yours. I want to grow. I want to grow. I want to come with you. Mm. You've been listening to the Ransomed Heart Podcast, John Eldridge and Craig McConnell, in a multi-part series on New Frontiers. 